Okay, do you want to grab your Bibles? You should find Bibles on the seats nearby. Over the month of January, we're going to look at five Old Testament prayers. We're going to kick off tonight with the prayer of Jehoshaphat, uh, which you'll find on page 399 in your Bibles, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And I'm going to read verses 1 down to 21. So after this, the Moabites and Ammonites, together with some of the Munites, came to fight against Jehoshaphat. People came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast number from beyond the Dead Sea and from Edom has come to fight against you. They're already in Hazon Tamar, that is, En Gedi. Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he resolved to seek the Lord. Then he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah who gathered to seek the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek him. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the Lord's temple before the new courtyard. He said, Yahweh, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand, and no one can stand against you. Are you not our God, who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and who gave it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in the land and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, and have said, If disaster comes on us, sword or judgment, pestilence or famine, We will stand before this temple and before you, for your name is in this temple. We will cry out to you because of our distress, and you will hear and you will deliver. Now here are the Ammonites, Moabites, and the inhabitants of Mount Sire. You did not let Israel invade them when Israel came out of the land of Egypt, but Israel turned away from them and did not destroy them. Look how they repay us by coming to drive us out of your possession that you gave us as an inheritance. Our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this vast number that comes to fight against us. We do not know what to do, but we look to you. All Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives and their children. In the middle of the congregation, the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, a Levite from Asaph's descendants. And he said, Listen carefully, all Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Don't be afraid or discouraged because of this vast number, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. You will see them coming up the, uh, of the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley facing the wilderness of Jerul. You don't have to fight this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. He is with you, Judah and Jerusalem. Don't be afraid or discouraged, 
tomorrow go out to face them, for Yahweh is with you. Then Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord to worship him. Then the Levites from the sons of the Kohathites and the Korathites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel, shouting with a loud voice. In the morning, they got up early and went out of the wilderness to to, to Korah. As they were about to go out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in Yahweh your God, and you will be established. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. Then he consulted with the people and appointed some to sing for the Lord and some to praise the splendor of his holiness. When they went out in front of the armed forces, they kept singing, Give thanks to the Lord, for his faithful love endures forever. Please turn over to Matthew chapter 6 on page 890. Famous passage that Jesus told his disciples how to pray. So Matthew 6, beginning at verse 9. Therefore you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honoured as holy. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive people their wrongdoing, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive people, your Father will not forgive your wrongdoing. This is the word of the Lord. Morning, everyone. Uh, good evening, everyone. Happy New Year to you. Um, my name's Andy, one of the pastors here. There are lots of faces here that I don't know, and it's a privilege and a joy to be opening 2 Chronicles 20 with you at the start of 2017. As uh, Paul said, we are starting, we're kicking off our church year of prayer by looking at five prayers in the Old Testament, and tonight we are looking at the prayer of Jehoshaphat. Um, I will try and say that properly all evening. Uh, Watch out in the first two front rows. You're in the splash zone, so watch out. Why don't I pray for us? Let's pray together that we might understand and uh, feast on God's word. Heavenly Father, we do praise you for your eternal word. We thank you that it is as relevant today as ever. Uh, We pray that as we study these prayers, these five Old Testament prayers, we would take stock We would recalibrate and we would refocus on the privilege, the power, and the purpose of the gift of prayer that you've given to us in Christ Jesus. Amen. Well, it's a a terrible thing to feel afraid, isn't it? Uh, You must have felt afraid. You get the, the sweats on your brow, your heart starts racing, you get that sinking feeling in your stomach. Ever felt like that? You then know what it feels like to experience being an Englishman walking across Australian grass for the first time as you try and dodge the spiders, watch out for the snakes, and look out for the drop bears. (laughs) 
It's a terrible feeling, isn't it, in all, in all seriousness? It's a terrible feeling to feel afraid, to feel your pulse race, to feel like someone has punched you in the stomach, to feel the sweat on your brow. Uh, let me ask you, what caused you to be afraid in 2016? What was the source of that fear? And let me encourage you to look forward to 2017. What do you think will be the source of fear in 2017? What will be the cause of crisis for you? What will get your heart beating, the sweat pouring, and your stomach going? Will it be news from the doctor? Will it be the threat of losing your job or losing a loved one? Losing your house? Or losing all that you have? And how will you react when that fear comes? It will happen. How will you react? Will you panic? Will you run? Will you try and fix it? We love to do that, don't we? Uh, will you throw your wallet at the problem? Or will you stick your head in the sand? Or will you pray? Uh, that's the challenge and the encouragement uh, from tonight, from Jehoshaphat. That when crisis hits, Jehoshaphat asks us, will you pray? Just have a look at the, the end of verse 12. We've got, I think, pro- probably the key verse in the passage. The end of verse 12. We do not know what to do, but we look to you. We do not, we do know not, we do not know what to do, but we look to you. They're incredible words, aren't they? Incredible words. I'd love us to say them all together. So why don't you read your Bible and we'll say them all together. Uh, We do not know what to do, but we look to you. Now, don't look at your Bible. We do not know what to do, but we look to you. My goal tonight is that we would have those words ringing in our ears and echoed through our prayers uh, tomorrow morning and in the weeks and the year ahead. They are incredible words. Now, if you don't know Jehoshaphat... The thing that we need to know about Jehoshaphat is that he has this incredible, infectious trust in the Lord. Um, Here he is. This is where he sits in the big story. He is the fourth king of Judah in the southern kingdom before it splits. He's been on, he's on the throne 60 years after Solomon, the great King Solomon, and he reigns for 25 years from 872 BC to 848 BC. And he's a pretty good king. He's not perfect, but he's a pretty good king. And as you read about him, the thing that comes across is that he has this incredible trust in the Lord. And it's at this point in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 that Jehoshaphat faces a crisis. Uh, Look back at verse 1 on page 399. 399. His neighbor, verse 1, his neighbors, the Moabites, the Ammonites, the, the Meonites, came with their armies to fight Jehoshaphat and to take Jerusalem. They come to slaughter his people. They come to slaughter his friends and slaughter his family. It is a terrible uh, thing to happen. And then we see verse 3. Jehoshaphat was afraid. He had the sweat going on. He had the pulse racing. He had uh, the sinking feeling in his stomach. All of that going on. Now, what we need to remember at this point is that 2 Chronicles is not written in real time. It it records this crisis of Jehoshaphat's in the ninth century for God's people 
who are in the 5th century BC. They've just come out of exile in Babylon. And it's written, their history is written down for them so that they would trust the Lord just like Jehoshaphat. It's recorded so that they would respond to crisis just like Jehoshaphat. And it's in our Bible so that they would pray just like Jehoshaphat. And it's in the Bibles for us in 21st century Sydney so that we would respond, uh, trust and pray just like Jehoshaphat. Now, given it's January the 1st, 2017, I want to give you tonight, suggest uh, six New Year's resolutions from this prayer to help us recalibrate, refocus and sharpen our prayer life individually and corporately throughout the year. So here we go, six resolutions. Uh, First resolution, when crisis hits, resolve to seek God first. Have a look with me again at verse 3. Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he resolved to seek the Lord. You see, Jehoshaphat's first response is to seek the Lord. It's, uh, that phrase, seek the Lord, is repeated three times in two verses. Uh, Jehoshaphat has this infectious instinct to pray. And I want to urge you, when crisis hits in 2017, uh, to seek the Lord to seek the Lord as your first response. Philippians 4, 6 says, Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now that is easy to say, isn't it? It's difficult to do. Uh, Because we have so many options at our fingertips when crisis hits. Yeah, we'll turn to prayer when we hit rock bottom, when we've got no other option. But my guess is, for the most of us, for the majority of time, when crisis hits, we won't turn in prayer. We will turn into Bob the Builder. Do you remember how Bob the Builder goes? Bob the Builder, can we fix it? Bob the Builder, yes we can. That's what we do, isn't it? We try and fix our problems. Crisis hits, and we try and fix it. And it's understandable, because we can fix our problems most of the time. Uh, We have so many tools and so much technology at our disposal. Um, This is an American Express card. It's called a Centurion, or the black card, if you're in the know. It will solve your problems. Uh, Get into a crisis and call a number, and the 24-7 concierge will send a helicopter your way, and they will whisk you off to your favorite restaurant or favorite hotel and get you out of that crisis. Anyone got one of them? No, I'll be following you if you did. Um, It will solve your problems. But the thing we notice as as we hit 2 Chronicles 20 is that Jehoshaphat doesn't turn to his American Express black card. He could have turned to his army to fight his enemies. He could have gone and bribed Egypt and paid them to gang up with, with Judah against his enemies. But he doesn't. His first port of call is to turn to the Lord in prayer. I want to ask you, will you do that in 2017? Will you turn to the Lord in prayer? Will you seek him as your first port of call? Not as your last resort, but as your first port of call. Will you seek the Lord in prayer? That's resolution number one. Uh, Resolution number two, resolve to gather in prayer 
with God's people. Gather in prayer with God's people. Uh, in, in verse 3, we get Jehoshaphat gathering the people of God under this common concern for the kingdom of God. Just have a look at verse 13 and see who he gathers. Verse 13 uh, says, All Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. It's an amazing picture, isn't it? In amongst this chaos, in amongst this violent threat, there is this beautiful picture of young and old gathering before the Lord, praying. There are no uh, no shows. There are no last-minute text messages saying, sorry, can't make it, got a headache. Uh, there is no one working late. There is no one with a better offer. No, they all know the urgency of the crisis. They know the importance of gathering as God's people. And they're all obedient to the king's call. Now, I'm conscious we don't have, we, I know we don't have armies at our doors. But a battle wages. The battle for souls won or lost wages. Uh, one theologian says, we think that we live in a playground but we live in a battlefield. And that is the case. The battle for souls, won or loss, wages. And we need to gather to pray for God's kingdom. I want to encourage you in 2017 to prioritize gathering with God's people. I've been reading a book lately. It's challenged me. It says there is no such thing as not having time for something. It's just that that thing isn't the priority. I want to encourage you to prioritize prayer with God's people this year. Uh, We do it as part of our Sunday services. We do it in our small groups, our hive groups, and particularly our pods. Uh, They are designed so that you can pray with God's people in a small group. But our most explicit expression of praying with God's people is at our central prayer gatherings. Now, I'm conscious that these central prayer gatherings are like kryptonite to Christians. But I want to encourage you to prioritize those gatherings this year. Uh, The dates are on the newsletter. We haven't just got the 1st of Feb. We've got all of the dates on the newsletter. Stick them in your diary. Prioritize them. Make, uh, Make a real effort to come. Charles Spurgeon said, Prayer is the breath of faith, and prayer meetings are the lungs of the church. Let's exercise those lungs in 2017. Let's be a praying church who come together for the concern of God's kingdom. If you've not come, uh, come. I think I learned to pray going to church prayer meetings. Get them in the diary. Be precious about them. I guarantee that the week of the church prayer meeting, you will have a headache. You will have a better offer. Uh, There will be something that will make you want to send that text. Resist the text. Come to the prayer meeting. Uh, prioritize. Uh, prioritize being part of God's people. It is a beautiful picture. In amongst the chaos of the world, in amongst all that Sydney offers, in amongst all the pleasure, God's people gathering in a weird little building in Kirribilli to pray for the, ki- the things of the kingdom. Gather with God's people. That's the resolution number two. Resolution number three, use your VIP pass. Bit random, I know. Uh, But did you notice where Jehoshaphat prays, where they gather? Look at verse 5. Where do they gather? In the temple, in the Lord's temple. Now, uh, you will know that the Lord's temple is where you go because that is where God is present. Uh, That is where you go to pray to God. But for the New Testament Christian, for those who follow Jesus, 
God does not live in a building anymore. He lives in you. If you're a follower of Jesus, he lives in you. He lives in us as the gathered people of God. It's an amazing picture. As New Testament Christians, as followers of Jesus, you have VIP access to God. Uh, My son sings a song at preschool. I won't sing it. It goes, pray, pray, pray a little prayer. You can pray to God anytime, anywhere. Jesus came to open up the way, so anytime is a great time for us to pray. That is a wonderful privilege, isn't it? You don't need to be in the right place. You don't need to be in a building. You don't need to be in the right mood to pray. You don't even need to have the right words. You just need to talk to God. What an amazing privilege that is. Now, Jehoshaphat and his chums, they were in the cheap seats. They had the temple. They had to go to the temple. They were in the cheap seats, in the nosebleeds. You have... If you're a Christian, you have a 24-7 VIP backstage pass and access to the king of the universe. And that is extraordinary. Why wouldn't you want to use that? Remember your VIP pass. Resolution number three. Resolution number four, know God deeply. That's verses six to nine. I've been studying Jehoshaphat for a few weeks now. And he is a, a remarkable king. And I think the reason he has this reflexive reaction to pray is that he he knows God so well. Have a look with me at verse 6 and just see how well he knows God. Uh, Yahweh, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand and no one can stand against you. That's worth knowing, isn't it? It's worth knowing when these uh, nutters from the neighboring country come over your border with meat cleavers, wanting your blood. It's good to know who you have on your side. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can stand against you. Jehoshaphat doesn't uh, simply, then, when he prays, doesn't simply come with his shopping list. Did you notice that? His prayer is peppered with this deep knowledge of who God is and what God has done for him. God to Jehoshaphat is not a stranger. Jehoshaphat knows God personally and deeply. I want to encourage you as we head into the new year uh, to commit to knowing God deeply. Come up with a strategy that will enable you to get into God's word, to know him personally and deeply. Again, we've got a bunch of um, reading plans on the newsletter. Use them. Use something so that you get, into, you get into God's word to know him. Not in an academic way, and don't do it in a way that just uh, flicking through, reading the words will somehow infuse knowledge of God. Do it in a rich a relational way. Seek him. Seek his knowledge. Know who he is. Know what he's done for you in Christ. Know the promises that he's delivered to you in the gospel. Know how trustworthy, how good he is, how he has performed for God's people in the past and how he is with you now. Know your God and then seek him in prayer. Don't just come to him with a shopping list. If you come uh, around our house, you will very quickly hear the words, Dad, Dad, can you get me some water? Dad, can you come and kick a soccer ball around with me? Dad, can you get, put my socks on? Uh, my kids know me well. 
They know what to ask for, when to ask for it. They also know not what not. They also know uh, what not to ask for. So they don't say, "Dad, can we play with the knife drawer?" They definitely don't say, "Dad, can we chow into the 1.2 kilo bag of jelly snakes that you bought from Costco?" Because they know they will get a no. In the same way, when we know God intimately, we will know what to ask for. We will know what he wants for us. Uh, We will know what he doesn't want us to have. Know God intimately, and you will not have that sinking feeling of God being a sport sport. You will find yourself uh, not throwing a tantrum at God because you know your Father in heaven is good. You know that he wants the best for you. So let me encourage you at the start of 2017, to know God deeply. Resist the shopping list. When you come to him prayer, start by uh, 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 um, declaring who God is, what God has done for his people, declaring what God has given to you in Jesus. It will transform your prayers and it will transform our prayer life and our life as a church. Know God deeply. Uh, Fifthly, remember you are dust. I don't know what you think of yourself when you pray. Do you think of yourself as the, uh, as the master rubbing the lamp, summoning the genie? Uh, do you think of yourself as the Harry Potter wizard kind of trying to come up with the right spell to solve the right problem? Or do you think of yourself as a, as a toddler throwing a tantrum? Have a look at what Jehoshaphat thinks of himself in verse 12. He says, For we are powerless before this vast number that comes to fight against us. We do not know what we do. We do not know what to do, but we look to you. Jehoshaphat knows that he is powerless. He knows that he is helpless. He knows that he is dust. He is not the creator. He is the creation. I want to ask us, do you know that? Do you know that you are dust, that you are powerless and helpless? You are much loved by your Father in heaven, but you are his creation. Uh, You are dust. I read a a book by a pastor just recently who struggles with self-reliance, and he has to get his wife to say to him, "Uh, Christopher, God has appointed his Messiah, and it is not you. How much do we need to know that? Do we need to remind ourselves that we are not the saviour of the world? God has appointed his Messiah, and it is Jesus. He is king and we are dust. And when we realize that he is king and we are dust, then it will cause us to rely on him in prayer. Know that there is nothing we can do, that we are powerless and helpless and he is mighty and he is strong. Well, sixthly and finally, uh, resolve to praise and wait. Praise and wait. There's wonderful reassurance in verse 17. Uh, this, uh, uh, this random prophet comes up and says to uh, Jehoshaphat, Do not be afraid or discouraged. Tomorrow go out to face them, for Yahweh is with you. And that is true, isn't it? He takes God at his word and he marches into this potential bloodbath, knowing that God is with him. Did anyone... Uh, does anyone know how Jehoshaphat went into battle? Did you notice that when, as it was read out? How does Jehoshaphat go into battle? He goes in singing. There are no tanks at the front of his army. He's got a choir. They go into battle singing. Give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. 
He's prayed to God, he's seek God, and then he praises God into battle. Now that is the wrong way around, isn't it? Don't we normally pray to God and praise God after he has delivered the goods? Not Jehoshaphat. He knows that God has heard him. He knows that God is with him. And so he walks towards his enemies with God, knowing that he can praise God, that God has heard him and that God is good. Friends, if you trust Jesus here this evening, do you know that God is with you 24-7? It's an amazing privilege of being a Christian, that God is with you 24-7. Emmanuel, God with us. That didn't end on Boxing Day. It is true today. It is true for 2017. It is true for every crisis that you will face in the new year. And if you stick with Jesus, God will be with you in the greatest crisis of all, your death. God is with you. Let me ask you, do you know that hope? Do you know the hope? Do you know that amazing reassurance of God with you? If you do, then pray to him. He is good. He is with you. Wait on him. Seek him. Praise him. He is good and he is trustworthy and he is with you. Well, there you go. There's uh, six resolutions. I hope they're of some use. Uh, now, I wonder whether if you're a resolution kind of person, uh, you might be like me and you might think that those resolutions, uh, they are going to be forgotten by February. They're going to be complete history. And you might be thinking that as you look at this prayer of Jehoshaphat, thinking, I can't pray like Jehoshaphat. I can't trust God like Jehoshaphat. Well, let me encourage you that uh, if you think that you can't pray like Jehoshaphat, know that Jehoshaphat is a picture of the king. He's, if you like, a pencil sketch of the masterpiece of the true king that is Jesus. And that true King Jesus lives in you. If you're a Christian, he lives in you. And he is transforming you into the likeness of himself. Transforming you into everything that Jehoshaphat was. So that you might trust uh, your Father in heaven. So you might pray to your Father in heaven. We can't do it on our own. The wonderful privilege of the gospel is that God is transforming us into the likeness of his Son. So look at Jehoshaphat. And say, that is what I will become as God works powerfully in me and through me. If you're a Christian here tonight, the king lives in you. And so don't listen to that voice in your head that says, you can't be like Jehoshaphat. Your prayer life is rubbish. Don't listen to that voice. But preach to yourself and know that God is transforming you into the likeness of his son, into the likeness of of Jesus, so that when crisis hits, we might have that reflex reaction and say, We do not know what to do, but we look to you. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do praise you for this picture of Jehoshaphat. Father, thank you for uh, the richness and trust that he had in you. Thank you for his reflexive reaction to turn to you in prayer. And Father, we do pray that in 2017 we might. Uh, be, more of the, be more like that, that when crisis hits, we might turn to you first, that we might fall on our knees, fall on our knees and seek you, call on your name 
and praise your name. Father, help us to do that. We can't do it on our own. Help us to do it individually and help us to do it corporately, we pray. Amen.